unicorns, you know where they come from? Mm-hmm. Horses. Mm-hmm. Same kind of deal. Horse fantasies. Every little girl has one. I heard I though did. when they were genetically creating unicorns, like mm-hmm. some at some point in the lab, when they mixed the the genomes, I guess, it created indigestion. Can huh. you believe that? So when they're eating like cloud dust and stardust and oh. chocolate goodies and things yeah. that a unicorn eats, indigestion. Have to eat a whole trough you know what full that of is. Tums. Like when you hear thunder, that's actually horse indigestion. Thunder. You God's bowling like... with a unicorn head. Is that what it is? I'm Levi Landis. And I'm Zach Stock. From Philadelphia, this is We Need to Talk. Small Small talk. This week's episode, Horseshit. You're about to pat the sleek calf of your mare. And dig those spurs a little too deep. I have an equestrian for you. (laughs) Of horse. Do you like horse jokes? Yay or nay? Oh, that gives me such a long face. People say don't beat a dead horse. Mm-hmm. Who? People say that all the time. Where? Stop telling me not to beat a dead horse. Like I get it. Yeah. You don't have to keep going on. In this metaphor, what is normally the accepted amount of beating? Is it okay to just normally beat a horse? Like a live horse? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dead horses are no harm no foul it's dead i mean i didn't kill the horse i'm just beating it after it's dead i i'm not into the horse dying at all as a metaphor i mean Why it's accusing someone something of something like really horrible it's <laughs> yeah. like it's like let's not all start kidnapping little children now like what why don't you just jump into that conclusion it's a really harsh criticism of anyone you got to reject that that narrative people are giving you about the horse right. being beaten maybe it's not a horse maybe it's like an evil troll that you're beating. <laughs> It'd be better if he said slug or cricket. Yeah, I mean, that's something Horses that I can are imagine. Magical. Oh, what is this yeah. creature? They're lyrical. They are. They just have lucky charms coming out of their manes. It's an animal's animal. An animal with some gusto. Perfectly sculpted muscles. It's like when you're sailing and you let your hand go into the wind. That's what it's like running your hand up the broadside oh, of a horse. I mean, they're just a beautiful sight to behold. I would never dream of hurting one. But if it was already dead, I'd be every bit of it. it. I just, oh, crushed it up. Especially if it had wronged me in life. Yeah, like, you've had a few horse friends that have wronged you pretty bad. I think you remember how it went. No, horses are good. Whatever happened, whatever the circumstances were, I still think that in the end, that horse loved me. Every time I went to have a granola bar, the horse. Horse ate the last the horse one. would eat your last one. The first bar. and last one. There's plenty of reasons why we should have beat him before he was dead, but the fact of the matter is, we didn't. The worst thing I could imagine is if you jumped in like a ball pit at McDonald's, and lo and behold, you like dive and like halfway down, you feel one of those miniature ponies. Yeah, well, you just cracked it a little bit. <laughs> oh, cracked it. <laughs> you know, you landed on it weird. That's not good for you or the horse. You're a small child to begin with. You haven't beaten the horse to death. Yeah. Maybe it's just that the horse died tragically. 
It was nobody's fault. Right. Old age. Right. But then... It's like, this horse is here. some interest in... You know, you see the horse, you're like, it's dead. I've been meaning to to try to... It's scientific. It's purely scientific. Or hone your skills, hone your karate skills, your... Yeah, and you're not going to do that on a living creature that you could hurt. You could hang it up and use it like a bag. It's a release for you, and the horse already has gotten as bad as it's going to get. It's dead. You know, it's not going to hurt you. It's only more cathartic the more you beat it. And it's like... And everything, like, gets all messed up looking and that that's kind of fun too <laughs> like you know like it just starts to look like kind of oh indistinguishable indis- indistinguishable from its own account yeah. like a homogenous goo yeah like horse goo that's where we really start to find our form is when we got horse goo stuck to our elbows There is the suspicion that maybe the horse is still alive. So yes, I want it to die, but it's not dead yet. It might still be alive. What's exciting about that kind of humor is that is this the might. Like maybe it's dead, but maybe it's not. It's the gray area. And how small is that gray area? <laughs> because you gotta stop. You don't like that. Jumping into someone's psyche. You don't like that. Yeah, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'll jump into my own psyche and explain this to you. Oh my god. This is what I mean. Okay. It's just a really small line in between two other areas. The Reading Viaduct. You know that place? Yeah. It was at night, and I was gonna sneak past there with my friend. You know, this is a few years ago, and we were like kind of trying to decide if we liked each other like in a romantic way it was like the first night we were hanging out and we weren't really sure oh what's going I on i usually just rub wieners with someone to decide. and that's how you know <laughs> yeah, yeah i know right away well she didn't have a wiener and <laughs> oh, oh. i didn't really want to rub mine yet i wasn't sure right so okay. i was in the gray area okay. with her you know yeah and so i'm like let's go up there it's awesome up there so i've heard and we get up there but there's this big fence and we can't get past it there's all these signs that are really clearly posted. You're going to get in huge trouble if you go over there. And clearly there's a lot of lights and people around you and everyone will see you and snitch so to the that's cops. That's like the hard line. That's written on yeah. the sign pretty much. I mean, this is a safe space and that's a dangerous place. Right. And we sit down on this little wall and we look at this sign and we're like, fuck, because we really wanted to go over there. And it's really clear to me and I'm pretty sure to her in this moment that we're both thinking about this as a metaphor for our friendship and we're like do we want to go over there oh right do we want to a decisive be something more than f- do we want to go to this dangerous place right. and it just seems insurmountable you know it's just a fence really but we're in a very easily discovered area we'd have to climb it and weighing on our indecision is also the bigger thing that's like combining with the fence we're like oh should we hook up Right, <laughs> you know, it's lining up so perfectly there. that you yeah. think it, it yeah. will mean oh, that whether yeah. you want if it to we or pass not. The fence, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and so it's suddenly becoming an even harder divide to cross. Right. I didn't realize that part of what was making it hard was the physical task of just getting over the fence. Until all of a sudden, she gets this screwed up look on her face, and I'm like, "What?" And I I follow her eyes down, and there's just 
a little hole at the bottom of the fence that somebody had made that you can just crawl right through. And right. it was just right in front of us, and we didn't even see it somehow. Right. And so we're like, oh, wow. It's actually really easy to go to the other side. We could be more than friends, and that's so easy. Maybe I'm being presumptuous. Maybe she wasn't thinking this, but it seemed pretty obvious in the moment. It's becoming more clear to me that I'm the one in the dynamic that wants to be free, and what she wants is to be safe and to feel comfortable. But she likes the challenges that I'm bringing. I get close to the fence, and then I'm like, now that it's just a little hole here, it's actually just one little step. I'm gonna just take this one step, and then suddenly I'm like, oh, I'm already over here, so I guess I can uh, I can run around right. <laughs> because I already took the risk. Yeah, there's the free. So as soon as I stepped over, that's all it took, and right. then I wasn't taking any more risks than I already had. That little gray area was so hard, but once I crossed that threshold, all of a sudden it was easy to be on the other side. I didn't want to be back on the other side. It was hard to cross back over. Once I'm over there, then I'm like, hey, come over here. You know, come over to the... Uh, oh, then you're using as, as a definition the other way. Well, I'm saying... You, look, haven't, you haven't... Look, I'm over here. Look how small of a step this was. And then she's like, oh, he's over there. That's not a big deal. So then she comes over, you know? Mm-hmm. So then we're both over there. And then that moment, in my mind, it was like, we're in a relationship now. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> we're now in a relationship. We're running. We're running down the thing, you know? She's behind me. She's sort of slow. She's not sure if she wants this, <laughs> but she does want it. We're running, we're running, and there was like this dark field, and all of a sudden I got really spooked. I thought some guy was crouching in the weeds up ahead. I turned around, I was like, we gotta get out of here, we gotta get out of here. I get spooked, just like I do in a real relationship, <laughs> and I see something that freaks me wow, out. Wow, you're really extending the oh, metaphor. Oh no, it extends, it goes all the way. And she's like, okay, uh, what? No, I don't understand. And then I start leaving, and like, come on, come on, come on. She doesn't want to leave. She's already in the relationship now. And I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm trapped here. And then she's like, no, I, I'm, I'm here now. I'm into this. And I'm like, no, let's leave. Let's leave. I'm ready to leave already. And so we got out and that was it. And then we it. didn't get in a relationship. I mean, we did for that brief moment. <laughs> because you crossed back over the <laughs> because fence. Because we crossed back over the fence. Yeah, but we could have stayed in there for the rest of our lives. We could have been happy, but we're not. Like if you zoomed out uh-huh. hundreds of yards above the viaduct and could just see the two of you and the fence there, it would seem like a huge spectrum. And that's a fine, like it's a really yeah, finely a put geographical line. space. Is but really when you're small. just looking from the one place you were to the new place you are, it's just like this small little change. There's no change at all. A little small space to cross that wasn't really that big of a deal. What I'm saying is, I think you did make it a big deal. Because it was because as soon as you cross back over, see, you're still defining it by the line as opposed to saying there's no difference from this side and that side of the fence. That's the most exciting thing is the line. It's not because the joke is still funny. It's because you found the line. It's still what you're fascinated on, but there's something about going over it that you feel like yeah. free. So, so are you saying that I like... Hooking up and breaking up better than I like being in a relationship. <laughs> you said it. I didn't say that. Is part of that just like a rebelliousness that once you do that, you feel kind of like self-righteous or something? Like, do we just keep telling a joke oh, like, to prove to ourselves it. that we can do it? Or like cross the line of the fence to say, oh, now I'm going to run around. All of a sudden you don't care. 
mm-hmm. because you've you've made the the leap. I think I have a pretty optimistic view of of right. that empo- feeling of empowerment. At least at this stage of my life, right. I feel like that's good energy, at least for myself. Yeah, no, know? me too. I think that's why we tend to to keep going with the joke is like, you just gotta grab it. Some people don't want to go there. You know, some people don't want to know about like horses being like goo. I mean, it's it's a gross place to be in. It's like I'm still here. It's like a dead joke is like that too. Right, dead. It's dead, but. There's still like kind of a desire for it to be more dead. Yeah, just drop like an elbow on it. <laughs> it's like you want to take the hard parts off of the body. Like the, all the soft parts are now gooed up. You start getting teeth and hooves. <laughs> <laughs> Make a little pile of like the bone, the ba- bones that were too big to break down. You know, snap what you can to to pile them, <laughs> to stack them. They snap right up. Throw them in a bag. When you're really ready to clean up, set fire to the whole area and throw the bag of rubble in the river. I wonder if Jesus ever crucified a dead horse. (laughs) You know, just kind of like a revenge thing. Is there something about that? Well, I don't know. Like, oh, like Gospel of Thomas or something? I just, I think somewhere it says something about... Uh, you know, you like flip the tables. He was all, oh, yeah. Uh, things oh, aren't good. Yeah, that's like, the part that I want to start crucifying some different right, species. Right, right. I'm gonna fight for the side of the bankers or something. He says something like that, right? Yeah, the the horses. Yeah, I'm on the side of the, the rich or people or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah and then yeah, he yeah. just crucified a horse on the mount. Yeah, but it was that's like why they a... call it the Sermon of the Mount. Is they mounted a horse, right? Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, I gotta brush up on that stuff. Yeah, I, I can teach you some stuff about it if you want. Okay, maybe we could work that in like after karate lessons on Tuesdays, or is that D and D? I do amateur hopscotch on Wednesdays. Is that what you mean? I don't remember when you're. Oh, I was trying to schedule a time that we could have a Bible study, and you could tell me more about the um, oh, Jesus horse antics. Sorry, Sorry, I was just praying there for a minute. Did Jesus always ride a horse, or was Mm. it just when he was with? The angels and stuff. Interestingly enough, Thomasina four eleven says that Jesus actually ran the the horse that he crucified on the mount. Yeah, actually rode the horse up onto the cross, and then subsequently nailed its hooves and joints. He rode it vertically up the cross, like yeah. Not only did Jesus always ride a horse, but when he determined it was time for said horse to die by crucifix. But he's still on the horse when it's getting crucified. That's right. So is he, this is not... I mean, this is a miracle. This is intense. This is one of the miracles. Okay, so... (laughs) It still happens today. (laughs) Are there any times that you've had where the bulk of the experience was about crossing the line, not about the two regions? Relationally, like with relationships, I have a similar experience where I didn't cross the line. Where what I, do you mean? Where I like stayed on the safe side and kind of always regretted it. There was this one like unforgettable night. My family used to go to Rehoboth Beach, mm-hmm. and it was phenomenal because it was that sense of first feeling freedom. This idea of your family would go somewhere and all of a sudden... I was like 11 or 12 and could just go anywhere I wanted on the Mm -hmm. beach or anywhere else. So my brother and I naturally found a a set of girls to try to like woo or I didn't know what I was doing because I was so young, but my brother was always kind of like a... What age are we talking about? 
Um, like I said, I think I was 12 and he was probably 13 or 14. You know, it was like, they weren't like 36 or something. <laughs> and the line I didn't cross is they just wanted me to do some blow with them in, a, in an alley. And I, I've and always regretted it. I wish I did that blow in that dumpster. My brother went under the boardwalk and he did kiss this girl. And I just had like the most awkward conversation with this solo girl. You were just playing out your role. You did exactly what you were supposed to do. In whose story was I playing a role? Because I was a side character in my brother's story. Right. Like that was a movie of a night about the older brother who dupes his younger brother into that he knows right. isn't romantic enough to like woo the girl to just like watch the other awkward girl while they kiss. I wanted the story to be about me. And... And that's, it's selfish, but it was definitely something I took away from the night is I just felt like some sad, sap side character to my brother. I don't think that's egotistical. I think it's, that's like kind of part of a little brother's story growing up is like becoming your own character. Right. You know, yeah, it definitely is part of my your own story. Like you said, I define myself know? by that. So why not be like, yeah, I stay behind. I had that awkward conversation and now I have awkward conversations and I do blow under the boardwalk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm all of these oh, things. Oh, trust me, I do. I, I contain it, these contradictions. You're like the worst motivational speaker. You're like, still continue to live your life poorly, but just brag about it. You know Basically. what? That was part of my life. No, I wouldn't love telling those stories if I didn't realize there's a certain sense of their value in creating who I am and also still even feeling that a lot. <laughs> By no means... Mr. Romantic now, so I still have those mo small moments all the time. I think I've heard you called Mr. Romantic by a few <laughs> ladies. I've defined my life by feeling like I don't want to be the guy that doesn't cross the line. From childhood, I wasn't allowed to do a bunch of stuff. I never wanted to seem like the kid who like wasn't game to do something. Yeah. Up, oh, are you gonna jump off the building? Yup, that's gonna be me. I'm gonna jump off the building. Right. <laughs> you right. know, I'm gonna put on the red cape. And ride down the zip line. Oh, that consequently, we just I up. love that about you, but I, I think you're <laughs> well, right. You would have definitely stabbed Caesar. You'd have been like, "All right, yeah, we're yeah, doing this. I, I don't want to be the guy that doesn't stab him. I'm gonna stab him." Words, words, words. We need to have some words. Words, words, words. Something wrong with me. Oh, I really need someone to talk to. We need to talk. I'm Levi Landis. And I'm Zach Stock. From Philadelphia, this has been We Need to Talk, Small Talk. Find us on the web at talktalktalk.org or Gmail or Twitter at We Need to Podcast. Find more information about horses on Encyclopedia Britannica's website. Remember, you can also use hashtags with your friends. Hashtag Mustang Sally. Hashtag Hashtag Sally. Hashtag Mashed Potato Hash in the Morning with Sally. Hashtag Hey! Hashtag Chomp Chomp Chomp. Something wrong with Oh, I really need someone to talk to. I don't want to ever do any more horse things ever again. Never right? talk about horses That's again. That's what I'm saying. We fucking killed it. Ba, 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 I ba, never ba. want to go there again with a horse. I'm done with it. Or just seriously, like with that kind I, of joke. Honestly, I told you this to begin with. We couldn't make it go this long.
no, I don't want to make it go this long. I don't want it to go any longer. It's right. not okay to keep beating a dead horse. It, why don't we keep burning a dead horse or keep, you know, acid any dipping kind a dead of, horse? Any kind of abuse. We're not specifically saying trauma. We're not just saying fists against ribs and, and bones. Any it kind could be of... sharp. It could be sharp objects. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, just a whole pile of horses. <laughs> and you can just do kind of like a, a roundhouse. You know, you can just spin and... I kind of like to use one horse against another horse. So, I don't know. That's something I'm into. 